12 minutes past 10. As usual, Steve Vines is with us. How are you, Steve? I'm, I'm as well as can be expected. It's been an odd week, I a have to say. A very odd week. I mean, um, you, you, you know that thing Harold Wilson famously said about a week being a long time in politics. Well, mm. a week in Hong Kong seems like an eternity. I mean, here we are on Thursday, and you look back at what happened on Sunday, which, after mm. all, is only five days ago. Mm. And it just seems like an eternity. You know, when in Hong Kong you have a situation where thugs are given free reign to rampage through a railway station, beating up people, throwing a pregnant woman to the ground, etc., etc., getting into railway carriages and carrying on beating up people. Clearly they're triads. And the chief executive of Hong Kong, who I now call the Sino, the chief executive in name only because that's mm. what she is she's lost all possible credibility as as, as on all sides uh, it seems uh, on all sides i mean even 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 the usual poodle squad who who go around sort of cheering funny her how on. they've gone quiet they well they just they, they just speak directly to the bosses in beijing they don't even bother to go through the filter anymore um you know she she finally emerges I mean, this is so... I, I, I'm saying it, and I'm thinking as I'm saying it, can this possibly be true? She finally emerges hmm. um, two days later to condemn violence, and you think, well, she'll first of all talk about what happened in Yun Long, won't she? Oh, no, 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 no. She talks about the eggs that were thrown at the liaison office, and this is the level of violence. The, there were some eggs thrown, there was the state emblem um, defaced, and there were some surveillance cameras defaced. That was the level of the violence in Shangwan. That's what she mainly spoke about. Mm. Mm. Secondly, she goes to speak about thugs being um, employed by we don't know who to beat up not only protesters but people who just happen to be at the station. I'll give you an example of where we've got to in Hong Kong. This was a leader in the Times of London this week and it says, handing the state monopoly of force um, over to criminal gangs to enforce order, Beijing dis displays the fragility of its rule. This is what the rest of the world is now He's looking thinking. at. Mm. I mean, the the images and some of them are really shocking. I mean, we're on radio, so we're not we're not looking at them. But I mean, some of those images of these people who, if if they weren't triads, I'm most definitely the Pope. I mean, of course they were triads. Mm. Let's, let's not say alleged triads, possibly triads. No, they were triads who, who, who were given free range for 40 minutes by the police force. And that's exactly what happened. Let's not sugarcoat this. Police were called. Oh, we're busy. You know, we got a cat burglary in, 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 in Toon Moon, but, you know, we'll, we'll get around to it. Given 40 minutes of free reign to rampage through a public place, which happened to be a railway station then compound that appalling behaviour, why no heads have fallen in the police forces beyond me, compound that appalling behaviour by saying, well, you know, we, 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 what, what, what could we do? We didn't see any we evidence of people with weapons. Up comes the videos of policemen standing next to a guy with a, yeah. holding holding mm. metal bars. So, you know, at any level you want to regard this, it's somewhere way below appalling. And I mean, the ab absolute incomprehension of the people who are supposed to be representing Hong Kong, the chief executive, the commissioner of police, her entire cabinet, 
got rolled out for a so-called press conference this week and stood there. I mean, you know, if you've ever seen The Walking Dead, that's what you were looking at. It was at. amazing, wasn't it? Uh, and then, you yeah. know, the, the famous incident when an RTHK reporter shouted mm. at Carrie Lamb, could you not at least give a human response? I mean, it was in Cantonese, but I think that was the gist of what she said. Yeah, she was um, quite... She was quite uh, forceful, I think, Forceful. Is the <laughs> and, and determined... Uh, I think her name is Nabela Kusa. Um, and uh, she's not native Chinese, but she speaks perfect Cantonese. Yes, I think she's a Hong Konger. Ah, uh, exactly. Um, uh, isn't it it's amazing that, that people, people somehow... I mean, she's a Hong Konger. Uh, she happens not to be ethnically Chinese, but, you know... Have we reached that level of racism where people who aren't ethnically Chinese can't be Hong Kongers? Anyway, that that's the sort of... But the of body language was very interesting, wasn't it? And because actually she was a reporter and she was sitting on the ground yes. looking up at yes. the, uh, the the cabinet, if you if you like, in front of her. Um, so she was sort of um, below that, that level. So it was sort of at a disadvantage, but she was so determined to, but to I get think a question to if, if you heard the rest of the press conference, I mean, people were mm. who, who attended it. And I think... Remember, Carrie Lam has been in hiding for, for most of this period, so she suddenly emerges. She goes to a press conference. It's the first event she's attended for a couple of weeks at which she's not totally in control of the environment. In other words, people can say things to her without um, the, the, the enforcers making sure that it's only she who speaks. Her, her sheer inability to deal with this and the looks on the faces of the walking dead behind her you know you say they're expressionless but they weren't exactly expressionless they looked scared they looked shaken mm. shaken they looked as though they mm. didn't want to be there um you know the commissioner of police you kind of think boy under your watch stephen lowe what was once described by uh, no doubt some hack as asia's finest is now is now reduced. I mean, the, the diminution of the reputation of the Hong Kong police is something that will be very, very, very hard to recover. Under your watch, Stephen Lowe, why you're still there, I have no idea. Under your watch, officers have allowed criminals to rampage through the streets, been caught on video. It doesn't make it better that they've been caught. It makes it more obvious, that's all. Under your watch, Stephen Lowe, you have politicised the police force, you've allowed the police force to become part of the political story rather than an impartial instrument of enforcing the law. This is a disgraceful, I mean beyond disgraceful record. He's still there, the Secretary for Security, uh, who's, you know, who wouldn't impress a flea, I don't think, if... Uh, if, if a flea was allowed anywhere in that in that uh, ghostly presence, I mean, all of these people are just not taking any responsibility. It seems like fact. no one's going to take the can for it. Nobody's taking responsibility. Mm. I mean, it's, it, 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 it is extraordinary. I'm not in favour of just you know saying, oh well, the way to solve this problem is is you know is some people need to fall on their swords and, and everything will be all right. I'm sure that isn't the case, and it's very interesting. If you go to the demonstrations nowadays, very people, very few people actually call for um, any more for, for Carrie Lam, for example, to step down, because they know it's irrelevant. They know that Beijing will, imp you know, will, will impose another totally useless person in the job with no power, with no semblance of legitimacy. You know, everyone said, oh my God, you know, if only we could get rid of CY Leung, things would be a lot better in Hong Kong. Boy, 
revisit, that, was, that, was re- about, re- that was a year or so ago, wasn't it? That was revisit all it was. that story because it ain't working. So people are very smart here. They understand that the problem is the system, not the personalities. But it would help if some of the personalities took responsibility for their actions. It really would. We see zero sign of that happening. I mean, on the contrary. I mean, we, we you, you know, there's this thing called Exco. I don't know, the listener may remember that that's the executive council, which is supposed to advise the chief executive. Well, we've seen in public this week the level and quality of advice that she is getting from her Exco. Step forward, Regina Ip. I've got a plan to get Hong Kong back on its feet. We're going to bribe everyone with $8,000. That's, what that's that her plan. That's ridiculous. I mean, first of all, it tells you the contempt with mm. which they hold the people of Hong Kong. Mm. They say, you know those Hong Kong people, just offer them a bit of money and they'll shut up. Boy, is this a contemptuous attitude or what? You know, uh, maybe 8,000. I mean, why not 50,000? You know, why not, if you're going to make it a bribe, make it worthwhile? But do you know what? If If Carrie Lam is stupid enough, and God knows she probably is, to actually accept this idea as a way of solving the crisis, people go, yeah, all right, take the money. Now, can we have what we asked for in the first place? Because it wasn't $8,000. You will not buy off Hong Kong people with a little bribe. You won't buy them off, actually, with a big bribe now. The, the, the it's gone too far, is out it? of the mm, bag. Mm, mm. You, do you really think that people are going to now say, well, I tell you what... You know, if we get the $8,000... I mean, it's just so ludicrous. Even as I say it, I can't actually finish the sentence. If we get $8,000, maybe we'll think that the government is okay, really. They're, they're, they're really good people doing a fantastic job. I absolutely don't think so. And if they think that releasing the thugs, and we still don't know exactly who released those thugs to terrorise people in Yunlong, but if they think that is going to be a deterrent... That people are going to say, I tell you what, it's too dangerous. We're, we're just going to stay at off. home. Yeah, <coughs> we're going to stay at home. I mean, it is actually it's a way of fueling the anger, fueling the determination of people to go back on the streets. I mean, the police at the moment are contemplating stopping a planned demonstration on Saturday. In your not, long not, not mm. giving um, approval for it. That demonstration is going to take place whether or not the police give approval. So then the question is, what? Mm. I mean, what are the police going to do? Are they going to declare Yun Long uh, a curfew zone? Are they going to block people in the streets? Are they going to arrest everybody on the streets? I mean, the situation now is so febrile. It's so on the cusp that the ways of calming the situation down are actually not many. I mean, there are some things that can be done. The most obvious thing that can be done is for at least the government to agree on an independent commission to look into these events. I mean, that is more or less... It's, it's, it won't solve the problem, but it takes some of the heat out. I mean, mm. all you can hope for at the moment is, is there's no easy, ready fixes. They just don't exist, and anybody who says they are is a total idiot. But there are ways of calming, cooling... Diffusing it a bit, Diffusing right? it a mm. bit. I mean, if, if people thought <coughs> that there was some semblance, just some, not a lot, mm. let's not be ambitious here, some semblance of listening to the government who said 
in the words of Carrie Lamb herself, the Sino, you know, chief executive in name only, if, 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 if anybody believed her words, I am now humbly going to listen to the people of Hong Kong, and was followed up by going, yeah, except for when they say something, it, you know, people would say, well, maybe, maybe we will give her the chance that, that, that um, is the best that the pro-government people can come up with. I mean, you, you, you notice that the rally that they held last Saturday, it wasn't a let's all go out and rah-rah support Carrie Lam. Actually, what they said was give her a chance. Hmm. They can't even, she can't even get her so-called supporters to support her. It's, it, it's got to that stage. So you take some baby steps to diffuse the situation. <coughs> Allow a judge-led independent commission of inquiry you have to have some people, um, as they say in Cantonese, eating the dead cat to, to take responsibility. You have to have a very rapid introduction of measures that say to people, look, we are, we, we've heard, you, you, you don't think the political system is tenable. This is what we're going to do to reform it. And of course, <laughs> they still won't say, amazing, amazingly that the extradition bill has been withdrawn i mean god what does it take to get these people to do but is it is it that they have just been told that you cannot almost do certainly any of this well i don't believe and that including, i don't including you I don't, can't resign I, I don't believe carrie lamb is allowed to blow her own nose without an instruction from beijing in fact it's not not an instruction from beijing anymore i mean they've moved half of their people down to shenzhen so that she can be summoned over when you know when they feel like doing something of an afternoon so you know it, the, the level of control now i mean let's be under no illusions she was never an independent operator neither was ci Leung, neither mm. was ch Chung, etc etc or donald jung that's that's the four of them name now um, they, they weren't independent operators. They, they, they were always looking over their shoulders. But now it's, you know, it's everything. They ain't moving an inch without someone telling them which inch to move. OK, back with Stephen Second Vines is with us on a Thursday morning on Morning Brew. And there have been one or two personalities that have come out um, of the woodwork or not that they were really in the woodwork. <laughs> I don't before. think they were in the woodwork in but, the first but, place. But particularly focused on um, this week, haven't they? You're and not talking about Junius Hobo, I, you chance, are you? <laughs> I don't well, know. <laughs> again, if the listener has been um, fast asleep for the last uh, many days, um, they may not know that Junius Ho is he's a member of LegCo. He's a member of the Hung Yi Cook. Mm. He's a... Um, what else is he a member of? He's the sort of person... Well, he's a past president of the uh, Law uh, Society. Yes, yes, he's, he's, he's all sorts of things. And he's just threatened Eddie Chu with a choice of, of um, living or not living. This is what we mm. call a death threat. Mm. This is somebody who's supposed to be a respectable member of the Legislative Council, who's still registered, to the best of my knowledge, as a lawyer... Mm. who is on numerous government bodies, I mean, aside Many. from, from mm. LegCo, and is a prominent member of the Hung Yi Cook, an organisation of people so delectable that you wouldn't have them in your front room. But anyway, he th and this is the same person who is on video after the attacks, going up to people in white T-shirts, apparently saying to them, you are my heroes. Mm. Now, what does that mean? They've just been rampaging through a railway station. 
beating up defenceless people you know the, the, these heroes with their big sticks beating up unarmed people what does this tell you why is that man still in public life i cannot understand it mm. for one moment i mean there are levels of um Oh, I've got to be careful not to use words that, that aren't appropriate on the mm. radio. There are levels of of vileness in public office, and there are levels that actually manage to dig beneath the levels of vileness. You didn't know that they existed. I mean, in any any kind of civilised society, somebody who issues death threats to fellow members of the legislature, someone who goes around congratulating thugs for... Um, breaking the law, and I believe it is still illegal to beat people up in the streets in Hong Kong. Maybe, maybe has I'm, something I'm, changed. Maybe I've mm. lost the plot mm. there, and I didn't mm. hear that there was a special amendment that only in Yun Long could you do that. Would be out on their ear. I mean, remember, this is the Legislative Council who have chucked out a whole bunch of people because they didn't take the oath properly. I mean, that seems to me a, a staggeringly minor offence compared with death threats issue to fellow members. Mm. I mean, where is the decency in the so-called pro-government camp? I mean, I know I know they're all out at poodle training, but, you know, when they come back from poodle training, somebody there must have the decency to say, this is too much. Well, is he under control or is he out of control? Dunno. Dunno. I mean, I, I wish there was a simple answer to that. We don't know what's going on. I mean, who knows what goes on? Um in these levels of communication between triads and, and high-level people in across the border. Who knows what goes on in terms of communication between the police and these criminal gangs? Who knows what's happening within the, the bowels of the DAB, the so-called main pro-government party? We don't know any of this. It's, it, it, it's, it's a black book which doesn't open to any kind of public surveillance. So we don't know what's going on, but we do know what the outcomes are. So, you know, that's that's what worry that's what's worrying. And they're now threatening further violence and apparently that's all right because they are righteously defending what what did he say? They're righteously defending their villages. Well, first of all, I don't believe for one second that everybody who's a village person in the new territories, I happen to be one of them actually, mm. Mm. Um, is wanting to be defended by Junius Ho. In fact, I can tell you, we Last don't, you want, we right? ain't, mm. nobody I know wants that man anywhere near them. But there he is, strutting around, storming out of interviews on, on RTHK television, making um, a display of himself, which is beyond beyond, I would have hoped, beyond embarrassing. But yeah, I mean, that, people, was, that was also just plain embarrassing yeah. to him, wasn't it? Just strip off the microphone and just yeah. jump up and well, walk out of the... incompetently strip off the microphone. Yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't <laughs> get... That's true, it's true. Yeah. He take I it. mean, you know, when, when, you, when, you, when you say people can't organise a, a something in a brewery, <laughs> this is a man who can't even take off a microphone. It, it doesn't inspire... But you, could, you he may not be a microphone professional. Who knows? Hmm. Mm. So there's that. And and what makes him tick, do you think? I don't know. I mean I I, I assume because he's in politics, ambition is, is in the mix. And and to be fair, I do assume that he has a genuine high level of commitment to the Chinese Communist Party. I actually I have no problem with that. I know people in Hong Kong who I respect 
who are almost certainly party members, or if they're not, they're, they're, they're um, very close to the party, and they have a deep belief in that. They, 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 unlike most members of the Communist Party, they actually believe in Marxism. Remember him, Carl? Mm. Nice mm. fella, big beard. Um, and make called Engels, another big beard. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I have no problem with that. I, I disagree with them, but... They can, I, have, I, they can have their philosophy. They were entitled to their I, philosophy. I, but, but, you know, then you have this this sort of amazing, boiling, seething anger against people. And they call Hong Kong people. I mean, this is the bottom line. Mm. The people that these patriots, as they describe themselves, hate are the people. Mm. I mean, is, ain't that an extraordinary thing? I mean, they have the sheer gall to describe themselves as being the silent majority. Where, who knows that? How could they possibly be the majority of Hong Kong? This is a society now where two million people have come out on the streets um, yeah, I mean, in, 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 in protest. That, that isn't the totality of people who are unhappy with the government and, and are strongly worried about the future of Hong Kong as its autonomy is being eroded. How dare they say that they're the majority? Hmm. I mean, at best... At best, they can mobilise a hundred or so thousand people. I mean, they they, they can't mobilise people to support their cause. They're going to be hammered. Well, I was going to say they're going to be hammered at the coming district council elections, but of course, they have their good friend, the Electoral Commission, who will be busy out there. These are the people who've just um, incidentally said that they, they'd lost the personal details of 8,000 electors because, you know, they were busy on the wet Wednesday. The, the Electoral Commission, mm. another disgrace. Mm. So, I mean, if they disbar all sorts of people from standing for election, maybe maybe um, the poodle parties will have a chance of retaining the high level of presence they have in district councils, but I doubt it. Mm. I really do. Uh, you know, has politics here then, you know, gone beyond that decent thing i mean one of the things and we were, we were talking in a moment probably about boris johnson and so on but i was watching a little bit from the uk uh of theresa may's last uh speech uh, in the house of Commons. parliamentary questions questions and yeah. and you know she was she was actually <coughs> talking about the new leader, leader of the liberal party which is a small party in the uk uh who's a, who is a woman and 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 they were talking in quite uh convivial terms you know theresa may's last last um day and she was congratulating the the new Liberal Party leader in in a pretty genuine way, well, as far and, as I can see. The leader of the opposition had warm words for her for her service. I mean, yeah, I mean they, is, they, got, they, know, they go back and forth, and, and, they, and but but it's but what never. Is, what is the constraint at, mm. the, at, the, at the at the danger of being boring? Mm. What is the constraint that stops them being reduced to the level of masterminding thugs to maraud through the streets to to to, to knock opponents on the head? The restraint is. They have to face an electorate. Mm. And this is no small thing. You know, however bad and however <coughs> dysfunctional these elected political systems are, and my God, Britain seems to be giving a good example of dysfunctionality at the moment, but however bad they are, there is that essential constraint, which is that they are held accountable by people. When people have, dis, uh, have, dis, uh, um, have disagreements here... <clears throat> and have reasons to to be dissatisfied with the government, they've got nowhere to go except for on the streets. They can't elect a new government. The government here is unelected. They can't 
it seems even if they do elect people, they can't guarantee that they won't be disqualified at the whim of either a unelected electoral commission, which has, has behaved in a scandalously partisan way. They can't be sure that they won't be kicked out of the legislature. So people are going, political system, I'm not even bothering to, you know, pay it any attention. We're going directly out on the streets and see what happens. And to those people who say, well, you know, you can't get anything from going out on the streets, don't know, don't know about that. If people hadn't gone out on the streets, <coughs> we would have a very, very, um, how can I put it, a very severe implementation of Article 23 with the anti-subversion law. That would be on the books. That was stopped by street protests. School children would be subjected to political indoctrination in schools when the National Education Programme was stopped on the streets. Oh, and by the way, we'd have a new extradition bill also stopped on the streets. So people look at what they can do and what they can't do, and they draw conclusions. Steve Irons in on a Thursday. Back with Steve in a second. So Janet Jackson, the best things in life are free. Maybe that's uh, we should be thinking about that here, really. <laughs> Ain't that not true? Eight thousand dollars. Yeah, eight thousand dollars. See Regina Rip. She'll see you right. She'll see you right. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, amongst all of this, uh, what's sort of been lost is this news about Lee Pong. Yes. Really, because um, you know the thirtieth um, anniversary of Tiananmen only uh, a month or so ago. And Lee Pung, one of the guys, uh, 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 we're pretty sure, behind the decision to send the tanks in uh, to Tiananmen. Well, you know, he, he, mm. the soubriquet that everybody knows Lee Pung as Butcher of Beijing. Um, there's an alliteration there. But, I mean, he was the public face of the, um, of the massacre, frankly. I mean, you know, I, I mean, there's an argument to be made that the person who made all the crucial decisions about clearing Tiananmen Square during the 1989 protests was, in fact, the paramount leader, Deng Xiaoping. Mm. But he had a very, very willing henchman in the shape of Li Peng. I mean, he had everybody who knows about that incident remembers the extraordinary confrontation in the square between him and Wu Kai-shi, one of the student leaders at the time. And Li Peng, this Soviet-trained technocrat who'd spent his entire life in the party, his father was a martyr of the party, etc., etc., um, you know, just couldn't believe that anybody would speak to him like that, wouldn't tremble and obey, wouldn't, wouldn't stand there going, Comrade Li, what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me. You know, I mean, Wu Kaishi on a wet Wednesday is a is a pretty fiery character, anyway. Mm. <clears throat> but um, he just just laid into him, um, told him why they were so discontented, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And, and you, you, there's lots of filmed evidence you can look up on YouTube or wherever you get this stuff, and you you can see this man standing there, a mixture of seething anger and disbelief. Because, of course, the whole point of the leadership of the Communist Party is they very rarely meet anybody in these unstructured, uh, unscripted events. But, you know, I mean, he, he the, the, the case book against him is, is wide and large. He was also the person who was behind the extraordinary way 
in which China set about creating the Three Gorges Dam project, evicting... Really? Okay. Yeah, that was basically mm. him who was driving that, you know, evicting people, regardless of, of the ecological effects of the dam, just ploughing ahead with it, etc., etc. I mean, you know, he, he came from that Soviet era, big projects are good projects mentality. If the states decided that we want this, it can only be the right decision. Oh, and by the way... Ugh, villages have to go well they shouldn't have been there in the first place you know that kind of attitude so i mean even by the standards of unpopularity of some of the chinese leaders li pang uh, occupies a special place i don't believe there was widespread mourning anywhere so he was he, he, he stayed pretty active for, for 10 years or so after the um, indeed yeah uh, i mean he, he had a very long reign remember he was actually the premier he was mm. never he was never the party chairman mm. so he was in terms of um, theory, but of course in, in, in China, the party position is the one that counts, not the state position. So he was number two in the state and number something else in the party. But, you know, he remained part of the <coughs> ultra-conservative clique that then propelled itself behind the new leader, Jiang Zemin. And as far as we know, in those dark corners in which the uh, Communist Party operates, as far as we know, he was always a voice for conservatism with, within the party. There's no evidence to the contrary. Indeed, he, he, he then wrote a self-justifying biography in which he makes no bones about where, where he stood. So I, I suppose we should take the man at his word. If he says he was what he was, why should we disbelieve him? So has his passing, does that mean anything today? Does that mean anything in terms of any kind of transfer of power or change of direction? Anything like that? Well, might have done mm. it might have done in another era but i mean the era of chinese politics now is so dominated by one man xi jinping that that you know all the other players uh, that it's not that they're bit players they're not on the board mm. so you know the fact that a a, a a person who was prominent in the party uh, two decades ago arguably even more prominent three decades ago um is no longer kind of doesn't matter anymore because the party is becoming increasingly identified with one man you know people in china have to study the thoughts of xi jinping are tested tested mm. on their ability to understand the thoughts of xi jinping he is now president for life i mean you th there's a litany of things that you can say about the level of control that this one person now exercises over this massive country Mm. Now, uh, running out of time, um, let's just bounce across the world. Boris is new in the job in the UK. Taken from butcher over from... to buffoon. Exactly. In one sentence. <laughs> well, Britain has a new prime minister. Ain't what? that ain't that a jolly old thing? So, I mean... So what do we think? I mean, he, a couple of years ago, he, he admitted he was, he was not going to get that job. And suddenly... Uh... It, well, he had to admit a whole lot of other things. I mean, in his time, he's had to admit that he's been a cheat, that he's been a liar, mm. that he... Um, um, has been, uh, well, he's obviously serially unfaithful in his personal relationships. I mean, it's an extraordinary mm. state of affairs mm. that Britain's hope is vested <coughs> in this character who has no loyalty to anyone, who has no ideology except for belief in Boris, and has a, a, a just an amazing, and this is, I suppose, why he's there. I mean, he has an amazing 
stage presence, if you like. You know, this sort of bumbling, wah, 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 mm. sick transit glorious. If only Britain would come optimistic. Wah, oh, there's nothing we couldn't do. We could put a man on the moon. I mean, you know, it's a great attitude and, it, and, it's, and it's great showtime. Do you think, does it mean anything? Though, does yeah. it mean anything? Do you mm. think this man could actually run a country? Well, it's early days. In fact, it's day one, so we'll see. But the signs are really not good. I mean, the problems facing Britain of withdrawing from the European Union, a declining economy, oh, and the list is long, that need to be fixed. It is a mess at the moment, though, isn't it? It's I mean, an amazing mess. It's yeah. an amazing mess. And, you know, I mean, Boris Johnson brings to the job total blindness. <clears throat> I'm, I, I, I'm not going to believe that the, uh, the economy is declining because uh, uh, what it needs is a spirit of optimism and we'll get it moving again. Well, uh, sorry, mate, it doesn't work like that. Is he Trump Jr.? <laughs> well, Trump said he's English. He doesn't seem to know that England is only one country in Britain, but never mind. English <laughs> Trump. He actually put that in one of his notorious treats. I'm not sure he did mm. Boris Johnson any favours in that particular tweet, but, you know, does he care? I doubt it. So Britain now is going to reset its relations with the United States. Mm. Do you know what? I uh, Maybe I'm the only one who's read history books. I don't think so somehow. But Britain has strong relations with the United States. It, it's Britain's strongest ally. It doesn't have particularly... Uh, how can I say, untroubled relations with the current president of the United States. That's a slightly different thing. Hmm. And maybe because they're such pals, apparently pals, um, Trump and Trump and Boris Johnson are going to get on. But, you know, Trump has form. He's sort of, you're my pal today, you're not maybe my not pal tomorrow. tomorrow. So, you know, if you're going to put all your eggs in the Donald Trump basket, God help you. On which note, Steve, thanks as ever. See you next week. Thanks.